Brian Deary, and I'm the Director of Communications at Pearson College UWC. And on this edition of Pearson Podcasts, uh, we're going to be taking a look at the incoming 2023-24 school year class with the Director of Admissions, Melody Mui. We first want to acknowledge that we are on the unceded territory of the Chiano First Nation here on Pearson College. We're very proud and honored that uh, we are guests on this land. And um, we're proud and honored to build, continue to build relationships with the Chiano First Nation and all Coast Salish First Nations across Vancouver Island as well. A couple of things. Uh, first off, if you're familiar with our year naming convention, you'll already know that this fall we'll be welcoming our year 50 incoming class. In other words, they'll be the 50th cohort to complete their two-year term at Pearson. As a college, we're looking forward to celebrating our 50th anniversary during the 2024-25 school year. So watch for more information coming out about that throughout this coming year. Now, Melody is joining us from Ontario today. So, Melody, welcome. Thank you for making time in what I know is a very busy schedule. No problem. I'm glad to chat about <laughs> this. I'm always excited for the year 50. It is pretty exciting. We're all kind of pumped about that a little bit. But Maybe a little bit of uh, direction first. Remind us what uh, the responsibilities of a director of education are, especially at a smaller school such as Pearson. Uh, a little bit of everything, I would imagine. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you know, as the director of admissions, um, we are really in charge of the recruitment of all students, 210 of them um, at the college. And um, while it is a small community, um, we actually work with about 160 national committees all over the world. So I'd say it's actually a massive um, <laughs> operation and internationally as well. And that's what makes um, UWC fun. And we work with all 18 colleges um, very closely with Directive Emissions. We meet every month um, to just to collaborate and to see how, how things work. Um, and then we work with the national committees as well as the global selections program as well um, to recruit the best of the best um, from, from all the different countries. Um, so that's kind of the, the gist of what we do. And I personally also um, am an advisor as well as um, a cast lead. Um, you know, being a small community, the advantage of it is really you get to wear many hats. And being able to live on campus and being able to be in, you know, work with students through more informal settings actually really help um, shed light on the important work that we do and to see how they transform um, when they come in as a, as a high school student to graduating from Pearson and how they change from that. And it gives you a tremendous insight into what's working in terms of learning and teaching and what isn't working in terms of campus life, perhaps. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And the stories that you hear from students and help me, you know, convey those messages to prospective parents and families as well. So that's always helpful. <laughs> you mentioned uh, national committee. So let's just briefly remind people about the two streams of entry into uh, for students into UWC schools, including Pearson. Mm -hmm. So there are two main ways to apply to any UWC schools, including Pearson, and that's um, through our 160 National Committee Network or through our Global Selections Program. So the biggest difference, I'd say, is that National Committees are really resident 
or your citizenship bound. So say if you're somebody um, applying from Hong Kong, using that example, because I'm from Hong Kong, um, then you'll have to be applying through the National Committee of Hong Kong. You have to either reside in Hong Kong or hold a Hong Kong citizenship. So that's kind of the requirement of it. Uh, whereas Global Selections Program, we really welcome applicants from all over the world. So some of the countries who don't have a National Committee presence, then they will be able to apply through Global Selections Program. Um, another very distinct um, difference is um, the you know, ability to receive financial aid. Um, so if you do need um, or would like to be considered for financial aid or scholarship, then you will have to apply through the National Committee. Um, if you do apply through the Global Selections Program, then you're committing to paying full fee or full tuitions for the program. So another bigger, bigger difference is through the National Committee because you're applying through the country representative. A lot of the times you're allowed to apply through your mother tongue and through your native language. But in Global Selections Program, it will be mainly through English um, as, as, the, as the, the primary language. Um, and in Global Selections Program, you're, you have the ability to choose priority of the colleges that you want to go to. So say if Pearson is your only choice and top choice, then applying through the Global Selections Program then allows you to indicate that. Exactly. And it's, it's, it's important to remind people that Global Selection Program is... It's not in all 18 UWC schools. I believe it's in about 15 schools. Mm -hmm. So GSP students are coming to UWC at a variety of, of uh, colleges as well. Yeah. And um, each college also has a different limit or cap um, on the GSP students that they'd like to receive every year. So, um, you know, I'd say reach out to the college that you decide to go and ask which route um, makes most sense for you. Now, I know that you're part of your job isn't traveling the world to meet incoming students or prospective students. So what are some of the tools, what are some of the techniques that you use to get to know students who have made applications to UWC and specifically to Pearson? Mm -hmm. So and for students that are applying through the National Committee or even Global Selections Program, one of the biggest way or the most, the, the initial way would be through their application. So um, a lot of the times applications also include a video submission. So I'll be able to see how they talk and how they present themselves and a little bit of their personality through that. Um, but through, you know, 10, 13 essays that they write through, through their applications, it's actually very insightful as well. You get to know about the challenges that they face, how do they see the world, what do they want to achieve while they're here. So that actually gives me a lot of information about the students. Um, national committees through their, you know, multiple stages of interviews and different activities are also able to give me information through that. Um, Global Selections Program, I'm part of the selections team. So then I also am there to, to interview the students and to observe how they interact with each other. So that's kind of giving me the initial um, impression of the students. Mm -hmm. um, after they've been nominated, then um, I try my best to meet with um, each of them um, individually, as well as their parents and their families as well. So um, from the questions that they have about the school, you kind of get to know, you know, their personalities and their priorities and values a little bit as well. Also make sure to create opportunities for the cohort to meet each other, as well as for the students to meet the, their second years, who are the current students right now. So then they can form those relationships before they even arrive at Pearson and to start supporting each other through the journey. So one of the you know more more satisfying things to see is them helping each other with their study permit application, <laughs> which is the most complicated thing for them to do before they even arrive. Um, so them, you know, giving each other advice and helping each other out. And one of the very hard 
warming stories for this year, I might be jumping ahead a little bit about stories, is that one of the students really want to not leave their family dog behind, knowing that their family won't be able to help take care of them. And through talking to their cohort through WhatsApp, somebody from Canada actually reached out and said, I can connect you with an organization so we can make sure the dog will be taken care of and adopted by a loving family. So that, that's actually a, a big operation that they're currently undergoing. And it's a very heartwarming thing to see those relationships flourishing before they even get here. Well, as a couple of dog owners speaking today, I mean, those the, that that particular anecdote hits really close to home. <laughs> I know that obviously you convened a number of town hall type meetings, and that sounded like that was really important too, as you as you alluded to, you know, in terms of getting to know the cohort that you're going to be coming in with. But I'm also struck by the, I guess, the lessons that are that are being taught covertly to our second years. In other words, reaching out to help. Um, their incoming first years. That's that's pretty amazing. And what a what a wonderful opportunity for those second years as well. Yeah, absolutely. And as you mentioned, town halls, um, we do organize different parent town halls or pre-departure town halls, welcoming town halls as well. So then um, we would be able to, as a team, as a, as a Pearson College team, we'll be able to introduce ourselves to the parents and families. So then, you know, we know that a lot of times I would talk to parents, I always say that it's a, it's a big change for the student. It's probably a bigger change for the parents because it's the first time where their beloved is, is leaving home and, and studying abroad. Um, so we want to support the parents as much as we can as well and to make sure they, they feel safe um, mm -hmm. ha um, you know, having their kids um, taken care of at the college. Oh, absolutely. Well, in your position, again, you, you must have a good sense of the incoming year 50 students. So any first impressions you'd like to share? Yeah, um, I de definitely, I think it's a very, very exciting cohort that we have, um, both for the IB diploma, as well as for the Climate Action Leadership Diploma. Yes. Um, we see a lot of very passionate students this year, as, as any other years. But one thing, if you talk to some of our current students, um, they always warn each other not to form impression before they arrive because a lot of the times they come in and they are completely different and um, from the admissions point of view too I love seeing how they transform you know from before they before before they come here I talk to them when they're here I talk to them and, before, and when they leave um, they're completely different people and and that's why it's interesting to, to kind of take a back seat to kind of just observe how they change mm -hmm. um, and I think that would be you know, one of the biggest thing that I can I can share about the year fifties is we don't know we don't know where they're going yet. Um, but it'll be it'll be it'll be great to see. We just know they're going on some great trajectories uh, while they're at and beyond Pearson. I'm sure. Yeah. Now, now, again, without going into specifics, we don't want to we don't want to identify people or or individual mm -hmm. circumstances, but. Any good anecdotes about incoming students? You know, have you heard about really interesting things, really cool things? And also, you know, challenging backgrounds, challenging circumstances, what, mm -hmm. what some students may have and their families may have overcome. Yeah, I'd say some interesting things would be just the diverse of interest um, we're getting. So we have, avid, you know, avid skiers, we have, you know, um, surfers, we have um, people that, that are interested in all sorts of things coming in. And one of the biggest draw for a lot of them is really our waterfront and being able to, you know, do 
scuba diving and engage in water sports is something that is very um, exciting for the students. We also have students that are very interested and really want to commit to learning about the truth and risk conciliation that action that we're doing here and to learn more about the indigenous culture and the land that we're at. So one of the things that we're doing this summer is actually to work with our director of indigenous learning um, to create a, a, a kind of pre-arrival learning for all of the students and they understand indigenous culture and the context that we have in Canada. So that, that's very exciting. Um, challenges, um, we, this is something that it's, you know, regardless of their socioeconomic background or regardless of the country that they're from, um, all of the students have been through um, some very amazing, um, not amazing, but it, it great experience that have taught them lessons. So some of them are difficult, challenging, but one thing that unites everybody is really COVID. Um, all of them would have had, you know, two to three years of their education interrupted. And how did they, you know, overcome that? That's great. Um, we, we see a lot of students that are going through difficult family situations, um, be it family sickness or just challenges that they have to go through. Mm -hmm. And this year, we also opened up our application to make sure that we um, covered two full scholarship for a recent um, refugee immigrant um, in Canada. So this is a new program that we're launching this year. And we have two um, very amazing, outstanding students um, who just came from Afghanistan joining us. So this is really exciting as well. And we want to make sure we continue in the direction of promoting peace and a sustainable future with our cohort. That's fantastic to, to hear. I know that our listeners and particularly alumni are going to be very ex interested in the continuation and expansion of alumni. Um, in, or, uh, I'm sorry, of refugee intake. That's it's mm -hmm. really, really good to hear. To move from the individual to the abstract, the last time I looked at the figures, it, said, it looked as if we might have a record number of incoming students this year. Is that true or am yes. I exaggerating? <laughs> yes, this year we're looking at approximately 110 to 112 students. Um, wow. this, this is one of our efforts to really maximize um, what we have on campus. Um, we have an amazing campus with amazing facilities. Um, we are unfortunately limited by the number of beds that we ha can accommodate, but this is one thing that we want to do is to maximize um, the space we have mm -hmm. um, and to ensure we give this um, phenomenal education opportunity to as many people as possible. So this year we are trying to max that out. Um, hopefully everything with study permit and visas go through okay and we'll be able to welcome all of them on campus. And again, we'll be able to welcome them in uh, slightly expanded residence houses as well. I know the Thai pile has been doing a, a, a lot of work in that respect to make sure that people are accommodated in uh, in an environment that supports learning and living, let's put it that way. Yeah, absolutely. So, so how do we get up to that 110, 112 figure? You know, was it just good old hard work, or was there some some interesting tech tips and techniques that you can talk about? Yeah, I think the fact that we have a brand new program launching the Climate Action Leadership Diploma is very interesting, and that really attracted people who typically wouldn't consider. Um, a traditional IB, but now is intrigued and want to want to take a gap year even um, to come and have that experience. Um, so, so that's been very helpful. Another thing is really, you know, through the hard work of our advancement team and securing scholarship funding as well as financial aid. So then that helps us 
support more of the students coming in as well. And with the world opening back up again, knocking on every single piece of wood I see here, um, <laughs> that also helps with, with just students finally having the confidence again to study abroad and to travel abroad. And I think that that has been helpful as well. And, and roughly, again, I, the figure I saw was about 99 different countries will be represented, countries and states will be represented this year. And again, I don't know if that's that's a record. It's not really important if it's a record or not, but still, that's a that's an incredible figure, um, especially mm -hmm. when you compare this kind of institution to other international schools, which tend to draw um, students from uh, a relative handful of countries. Yeah, absolutely. So we have about 210 students in total. And this year, it's, it's record breaking of 99 nationalities that we have represented. And I think that that is just through really careful selections of what offer we give to what country and to make sure we diversify as much as we can. Um, one thing that Pearson or UWC draws is also students, third cultural kids, that, as we call them, um, and students who've had, who identify as multiple nationalities. So so mm -hmm. we might have a student originally from Ireland, but grew up in Thailand and um, but studied abroad um, in Pakistan, for instance. And we have all these very, very interesting identity of students where they might traditionally not feel comfortable or can fit in in other situations. Mm -hmm. But being in such a diverse environment like Pearson, um, this is somewhere they finally feel like they don't need to pick one and they can just embrace all of their nationalities. And, and I think that's, that's very helpful. And I think in terms of diversity, you know, diversity apart from nationality or their ethnicity, their socioeconomic background, where they come from, their beliefs and their passion. I think these are things that we're, we're trying to proactively diversify as well. I didn't mention this earlier, but of course, you were one of the leaders of the DEI initiative here on campus as well. Mm -hmm. And so that description of multiple identities and nationalities is very important. And it's been a learning for many, many, many of us on campus as well. Yeah, so that's, absolutely. That's wonderful. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned as well a little bit earlier about um, the work that you've done with our Director of Indigenous um, mm -hmm. uh, Education and for incoming students. And again, without going into specifics or figures or anything like that. I hope that we are continuing to do a good job on attracting um, Indigenous students from Canada and from around the world here. And mm -hmm. I don't know if you can you can tell us anything about that, but. Yeah, absolutely. So um, from what we know or for students that have um, self-identified through their application, um, we do have um, a number of um, students identified as Indigenous um, this year in our cohort. Um, I think this is continued effort of just promotion and awareness spreading and also having the support system that we have, because the last thing we want is to pull students from, you know, their community where they have the support system and come here to some somewhere where they don't thrive. So we do put in a lot of effort um, working with Rebecca to make sure that the students we selected um, is actually a good fit for Pearson and we actually have the support system for them. So this is something that we, we put a lot of effort in. And um, because of the support, um, typically when students come in, even if they don't want to self-identify or they didn't tell us about it, um, eventually they do see the support and they want to join in um, on, on some of the some of the bonding activities or some of the learning that we do or cultural exchange that we do and um, we typically uh, you know ha see the numbers grow um, as the year goes as well um, so this is definitely something that we're committed to doing being here on campus it is it is heartwarming to understand that uh, that many students feel empowered and secure 
and self-identifying mm -hmm. as, as indigenous um, while, while they're here. And when they haven't necessarily, that hasn't necessarily been a big part of their identity in the past. So mm -hmm. fingers crossed for much, much more of that. But yeah. I know we're coming down to the wire here. I know you have another call you have to go on to in a few minutes, but um, how about the cross Canada breakdown? Are we getting students, if not from all provinces and territories, uh, most of them this year? Yeah, so um, this year, as, as any year, we try our best to diversify and to, mm -hmm. and to make sure we have representatives from all the different provinces. And this year, apart from the geographical location, we also want to make sure that we do have different nationalities and ethnicity of, of, of students coming from Canada as well, having the privilege of, of, of being in such a diverse country. So this year we have, you know, we have students from a lot of, you know, say PEI or Saskatchewan, Yukon, Nunavut, Newfoundland, we do have people. Um, and this is kind of a shout out to aspiring students from Manitoba and New Brunswick, where we really need more representatives. So do do apply um, if, if you hear this um, and, and spread the words to your friends as well. Um, but we do try our best to make sure we have representation as much as we can. When I go home to Manitoba this summer, then I'll make sure that I talk us up a little bit as well. Yeah, <laughs> um, please. Melody, yes, uh, yes. I, I know time runs short, but is there anything else you'd like to add that we haven't covered yet or, or anything that you'd like to clarify? Yeah, yeah, no, I think this will be an exciting cohort. It'll be great, um, both for the IBDP route as well as for our Climate Action Leadership Diploma with our second year cohort. So this is really exciting and I can't wait to see what these students do for our 50th anniversary as well. Same here. You're very gracious in in uh, taking this call, Melody. Really appreciate it. I, I know that. And just just an, as an aside, uh, Melody is moving on to, to another uh, secondary uh, school in Ontario. And we really appreciated having you here, Melody, for two years. You really helped up our game a little bit in terms of admissions and recruitment. So um, there I'll express a little bit of gratitude on behalf of the college for that. No, thank you. I'm glad. And UWC will always have a special place in my heart. And I'm actually attending a reunion in Ontario. So gonna gonna <laughs> put on my label as a UWC wannabe alumni and, and continue contributing and volunteering in, in whatever way. I Whether can. you worked here, or you went to school here, you're still an alumni. So <laughs> <laughs> Don't doubt that. Yeah. All right. Melody, thank you very much. I really appreciate this. No, thank you, Brian. Thank you. It was great right. chatting with you. If you would like to learn more about what we do at Pearson, visit our website at www.pearsoncollege.ca. You can also subscribe to Pearson E News and keep an eye on our social media pages for the latest updates.